in marriage, I think we tend to get caught on our heels about how to love each other hmm. intentionally, how to be nice to each other, <laughs> make time for each other. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I just feel like sometimes yeah. I'm just like, I'm just responding and like trying to Ooh. put fires out versus like, why are the fires starting? <laughs> that's good. Does that make that's sense? That's good. So, and this kind of, go ahead. Well, no, that's, I, I want to hear what you're saying. Go ahead. Keep going. Oh, I just feel like there's an aspect of maybe faith that I'm not operating in or that I'm not leaning into or not allowing time for God to grow that within me. Hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of times in marriage, we, we, we take for granted or we forget the fact that loving well takes faith. Hmm. It takes a faith in God's way, a faith in God's word, a faith in what his promises say that they will bear fruit on some level. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we don't see maybe how it's going to bear fruit. We can't make sense of it in our own minds. Why should I be nice when when they're being so messed, they're acting so messed up towards <laughs> why me? You to, why you got so messed up towards me? <laughs> or how can I respect a man who's not respectable? Mm. That's a big question a lot of wives have. Or how can I how how, should, how can I honor my wife and love my wife when she clearly does not love me right now, or she's mm. not loving me right now? Mm. So acting in a way that's contrary to our flesh in those moments takes an immense amount of faith. And what you're saying is that we get caught on our heels, is that we don't always act by faith. We don't walk in the spirit. We walk in our flesh. And so here we're going to talk about three specific enemies of faith and how we can live and love proactively, in other words, pursue each other proactively in marriage with, with through the lens of Scripture. So hopefully this episode will help you, and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Good job. You should have. You should have started it. No way. It was good. Okay. Well, was hopefully that was clear. <laughs> oh, I've had better. <laughs> oh dear. I've had better intros. <laughs> no, um, yeah, uh, hopefully that was helpful, a listener, because we want to give you a good idea of where we're headed today. And one of the things that occurred to us as we were prepping for this is exactly what, Selena, what you were saying, is that, man, we just it's so easy to fall kind of into our natural state of being right. as fleshly people in a marriage that is not always easy. Right. It's and not, I, yeah. Well, personally, I think I've been dealing with a lot of fear, as I think many of us have in just uh, the climate that we're in with the the virus and everything going around. Um, and so that's prompted me to get in the word more and to understand what the role fear in terms of not fear of God and not in awe and like glory God, but fear as in like shrinking back and being afraid mm-hmm. of something. So just making drawing those clear lines. But what does the Bible say about that type of fear and how am I supposed to respond? And if I can't respond that way, why can't I? What's what, what is not, that should be an overflow of something that's happening. So what's not happening that Hmm. should be happening. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So we're just thinking critically about our, our reactions to things and looking at in our marriage. Yeah. Fear is maybe the fuel for that. The, whatever the bad behavior is, the bad beliefs are, the bad decisions are. Yeah. And how that affects our marriage. So, yeah, it, it's been really, I think, elucidating for us as we've talked through it. So hopefully it'll be the same for our listeners. 
before we go there, uh, we have to do it. Uh, don't forget if you if you've gotten anything out of the Fierce Marriage podcast, uh, we would greatly appreciate it and want to ask very clearly of you, listener, if you have not rated this podcast yet, please do. Please take a few seconds and do that. That matters to us. We're content creators, and that's how we make sure that people kind of know about the content. Also, um, so a rating goes a long way. A review goes a really long way. Um, and the same goes for our books. If you've ever, if you've read any of our books, then I've never asked for that. But go to Amazon and leave a review. That means a lot. Um, speaking of books, we have another book coming out. See Through Marriage is coming out. Well, as of today, May 5th. I don't think the publisher is going to change that date in light of everything. I know. <laughs> um, but you're going to want to make sure and pre-order that because if you pre-order it, you will get the ebook for free. Oh. I'm sorry, audiobook for free. Uh, you'll get that for sure for free. If you want to get the ebook for free, you can if you pre-order it and join the launch team, which uh, good luck with that. I'm not sure if that's going to be still open by the time this podcast goes out. Uh, but yeah, you'll get the ebook for free or sorry, audiobook for free by pre-ordering. You also get a discussion guide and some videos if you order a certain number of copies. But anyway, make sure you pre-order that way you get it delivered in time. Because we're going to be doing like a group study on it. Yes. Well, and deliveries that. are taking a little bit longer these days. They are. So I ordered be, some journals. Got to be proactive. I ordered some journals on Amazon and it was like, delivery on the 21st. And I was like, great. And then I went back to be like, where's my delivery at? And they said April 21st, yes. which it was like March 21st when I did that. <laughs> so yeah, I was a little bit distraught, but here we are. I think they're going to be delivered tomorrow, actually. They bumped it up. Okay. So anyway, uh, the second thing is, <laughs> uh, man, we've been so blessed by our patrons mm. on Patreon. Just today, I got a story of somebody who wrote in and said, uh, this podcast has just dramatically impacted their lives. It's changed the trajectory of their marriage. Mm -hmm. And of course, they're talking about the podcast, but really it's God's word yeah. that, that changes our lives, changes our hearts. And so that's our commitment as as bloggers, as podcasters, as writers, social media, whatever it is we do. Yeah. We just want to always point people to God's word, point people to the Bible, but also the word that is Christ, the Logos, Jesus Christ himself mm -hmm. as the fulfilled word of God and what that means for life, for family, and for marriage. So if you want to be complicit in that mission with us, we would love that. But only if two things happen. <laughs> First, you pray about it. God leads you as a family to support us and be on mission with the Fierce Marriage Ecosystem, the Fierce Marriage Podcast. Mm. If he leads you, then that's awesome. Then we would just ask that you then follow through. And the way you follow through with that is you go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. I think I'm going to leave the housekeeping at that today. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. So as we've approach this topic, kind of a big theme um, kind of bubbled to the surface with us. And it's it's this contrast between faith and fear, mm -hmm. the contrast between being proactive and being reactive within your marriage. And then from there, we looked at like kind of three f enemies of faith that typically uh, find their way into our personal lives. So um, I don't have the outline in front of me. So Selena, where, where should we go from here? <laughs> Well, let me just leave well. you here. <laughs> um, yes, like you said, we were dealing, we were talking about just faith and fear. Um, I think faith again is is this proactivity. It's this thing that we are always not this thing, but we're we're engaging it through our spiritual disciplines, right? We're we're making time, we're creating margin hmm. because we need to have, I guess, space and time for God to be able to, to bolster our faith, right? And to, yeah. to have us grow in that area. Whereas fear always feels like a responsive thing. It's a very reactive, like caught you on your heels. I'm afraid. And now I'm like, I'm acting out of, I'm not walking in the spirit necessarily of being when I'm afraid, but I'm just fearful of all things. And therefore I'm, 
I'm trying to grab control quickly, right? We're trying to re realign mm. ourselves or try to get us back where we should when um, I think maybe there's God can use all of it, right, hmm. to build our faith. You said something really interesting a few seconds ago. You said it, it, it faith is something that is kind of enlivened or brought to the forefront by our spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. And just the word discipline, all the implications that have, I mean, that has, we've talked about discipline in the family being like, you can't have discipline without discipleship, right? Right. True discipline is hand in hand with discipleship. And so discipline, that's personal discipline as well. So like we're talking about disciplining kids there, but personal discipline is in the spiritual sense, it's all about discipleship. And right. so when we go same to, root word. yeah, same root word. So we go to this, the effort of putting God's word in front of our eyes and mm-hmm. reading it, pouring over it, journaling, memorizing God's word, praying, fasting, giving, uh, spending time with church community. Those are all spiritual disciplines mm-hmm. that will bear this fruit, faith fruit in our lives. Mm-hmm. But if we're, if we're lazy and, I'm, and I say lazy, spiritually lazy, we don't see the value in those disciplines, yeah. then we will we will gravitate away from live walking by the spirit. Instead, we'll walk by the flesh. And that's right. where fear starts to kind of tip the scales and take away from our faith. Is, is that what Absolutely. you're trying to say? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, you know, some questions we can be thinking through when we're talking about this is what, what role does faith play in the spiritual life of our, of our marriage? Hmm. Um, do we have a spiritual life of our marriage <laughs> in our in our marriage? Are we hmm. walking together? Oh you know, around God's word? Is it, is it leading us and guiding us and instructing us? Um, and I always, I always feel like faith and fear. They're like, they're always, is it like their dichotomy? Like they're they're diametrically diametrically opposed. opposed. Sometimes like trying to think of all the words. Um, so obviously, right. When, when fear creeps in, I'm like, how can I have faith in this? And sometimes I think, it's just God asking me to trust him in the unknown, which right is what we would, how we would define faith. At least Hebrews, uh, not at least, but Hebrews 11, one says now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the oh. conviction of things not seen. Um, if you want to learn about faith, Hebrews 11, the whole chapter, yeah. it's just like, I think the title is just faith and it's, it's yeah, like it's known as like the faith chapter. By faith, yeah. Yes. And it's like 39, 40 verses, which, you know, feels a little long sometimes for, chapters in the Bible. Okay. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> not for you. You're a reader. I, like I don't know why you're saying that. Yeah. Um, but, no, it's, it's being sure of what you're hoping for and I, the conviction yes. of what things unseen. Yes. I want to define faith and fear just to be okay. precise with our terms. Okay. So faith is, is not, I'm going to have faith that, you know, this is going to happen. It's, it, it's a different, it, it, fill this out for me. I feel like you can speak to this. Like it's not a blind it's a, it's hard to say that because I'm like, well, it's things you hope for, right? It's, well, it's, I want okay. to define faith accurately and fear again, not being fear and like fear of the Lord, yeah. but but fear of things that God has told us not to be fearful of. And one of the words, one of the translate, well, it's, he uses the word the assurance, right? right? So if you you are trusting that there is a reality that is beyond what you see, mm-hmm. okay? So uh, the one example that's kind of used commonly is uh, a chair, right? If you're going to sit in a chair, you're putting your faith in that chair. If 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 you bring a chair out and you're selling a chair and you say, hey, this is the best chair in all the land and mm-hmm. it will satisfy all your sitting needs for <laughs> as long as you need them or you have them. And you put it in front of somebody and that person says, great, show me how it works. And you mm-hmm. say, I'm not sitting in that chair. 
Yeah. But it's for you. You can have that chair. You sit in that <laughs> chair. Right. Obviously, that person not doesn't have faith in that chair. Right. And so it's this well, it's a, it's the assurance of what you hope for and things that you a conviction of things not seen. Well, and I just want to fill out the front part of that. So if you say you have never seen a chair before. Right. Like you don't know what a chair is. Say you're just somebody that has never known okay. what a chair is, right? And I've stood my whole life. You've stood your whole life. You've never sat in a <laughs> or chair. Or I sat on the floor. <laughs> yes, crisscross applesauce. <laughs> just homeschool style. Hey, everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, if you've never seen a chair before, and I'm talking about, we're going to bring this to like, there's a biblical example too, I think, of 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 how faith looks right if you if you've never if you don't know what a chair is you don't know the function of it and you don't know that you can trust it because you've never put any weight in it it's it's really hard for you to understand it right and to really experience Mm. it i think the same goes for like our walk with christ if we don't know who christ is if we don't know who god is and we don't understand his role and his purposes for us then we can't really we Mm. won't put our faith in that we won't put our weight in that. Right. And we won't experience that. But it's like, the funny thing is, is that you have to kind of step out, put your weight in it. And then it starts growing and building from there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the question you raise is what role does that actually play in our marriage is we look at God's design for love. We look at God's design for covenant and God's, you know, the, the commands we see in the epistles for married couples mm. of honoring and loving and respecting and submitting to one another and submitting to Christ as a married couple. All those things are faith principles right. where like, especially if you are a husband or a wife who's in a marriage that feels loveless. Okay. Is that, is, are we trusting that if we're going to, if we love our spouse in this way, that they will, that it'll actually bear fruit, faith fruit in our own lives. Yeah. And it'll actually bear fruit in the way God has designed those things to bear fruit in our lives. That takes faith. Right. Is that I, I'm going to love you even though I feel utterly unloved by you. Sure. That's an act of faith. And so that's how it plays out. And so the way it plays out in more casual ways. Okay. So say you're married, you feel like you're fine, right? You have a, your, your marriage is fine, but your spouse is just irritating you. Yeah. Well, or you feel like they just have a habit that's terrible, or maybe they, their faith is their walk with Jesus has grown complacent and you feel like you don't respect that part of them. Faith in a casual way would be like, I mean, casual sense of day to day sense is I'm going to show them love. I'm going to, I'm going to respect him. I'm going to honor her. Mm -hmm. Even though I don't feel like they are necessarily respectable in this, I'm still going to respect. It feels like that's the essence of it, right? Yeah. Well, it's, if we trust God's word as authoritative, yeah, and it says husbands res- or wives respect your husbands, that we all know that that grates on us in this culture. But if a wife says, I'm going to stand on that command, I'm going to respect my husband, even when he's not respectable. Now, does that mean that you are just kind of enabling hmm. bad behavior? No, that's a different thing. Okay. But there's a way to respect that is God honoring. That is also not, that is also not, um, what's the word I'm going for? That is not somehow detached from reality, gotcha, right? Gotcha. There's a way to respect your husband, even when he's dis- when he's un- not respectable, that is not detached from reality. So we're not saying just go ahead and act in a way that ignores the reality. We're saying right. like, in light of this reality, learn to respect in a way that is, that is still honoring to God's word. And that is what takes faith. Right. Because if a wife's bitter or she's hurt or she's just feeling completely just hobbled yeah. by this. Yeah. 
then she's going to have a hard time. Right. And that's where, you know, she needs to be built up in the faith right. and trust. And, and so, again, like, sorry, I just want to have this caveat. Yeah. We're not saying that you would enable abuse or enable any sort of infidelity right. or any sort of ongoing sin. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something else that we're defining hopefully here. But yes. go ahead. So, um, again, just to reiterate before we jump into kind of these three enemies of faith, like faith, just to kind of paint a bigger picture is is um, kind of an ongoing journey, right? It's mm. it's continual, it's enduring, it's foundational, it's instructive. It requires, faith requires recognition of who Jesus is, right? Which takes humility on our parts. Mm. Um, faith moves us closer to God. Trust is an act of faith. I think you said that before when we were talking. And so yep. if you look at, you know, the enemies of faith, you're going to have, the first one we'll talk about is fear, right? You have this reactive, momentary, blinding element. And I, th- I think there's an element of pride here because we we may feel like we're in control. And then when fe- I feel like fear creeps in and, sh- and happens when we lose that sense of control, mm-hmm. right? It yeah. shifts our focus away from God. And, you know, one of the examples, well, if you want to say something, I was just going to say the example of Jesus calming the storm in Matthew 8. Yeah. Well, in, uh, I just want to say in general, each one of these will be rooted back to pride in some way. Yeah. Fear is definitely rooted in pride in that you, when we fear, now there's a fear that's healthy. Okay. It's like, if I stand at the edge of a cliff, like there's a fear that I might fall off that cliff. Right. Should I have faith that if I fall off, like I'm going to be fine? Well, probably not because we know how God created gravity to work right. <laughs> and how physics works. Now there's a certain, but that's, that's a different type of fear. Okay. Right. But the type of fear we're talking about, the type of fear that is more on a soul deep level, on a how do I live my life level, is that fear is definitely rooted in pride in the sense that if I am fearing, I'm trusting in myself more than I'm trusting in God. Right. In this circumstance. And and the same thing goes with self-sufficiency, which is the third. Well, let's not go there yet. That's, yeah, yeah, that, that in, so in Matthew 8, verse 23 it starts with, you know, when he got into the boat, Jesus' disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? And he rose and rebuked the winds and the seas. And there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and sea obey him? This speaks to... I think knowing and recognizing who Jesus is, right? Like, and I'm not blaming the disciples because again, we fall into this every day Mm. as Christians on the other side of knowing who Jesus is. They had just met Jesus essentially, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he hadn't even, he hadn't died and risen again. Right. So they're saying, save us Lord. So they, I feel like they, they have some recognition of who Jesus is, but they didn't actually like know him. Cause he said, why are you afraid? Oh, you have little faith. There's this part of like knowing who Jesus is that would drive out those fears of the unknown in some ways. Like the, 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 yeah. What? Well, no, I'm Your just... eyebrows went up. I was like, uh oh, what'd I say? <laughs> no, I'm saying we're right there in it. Okay. Yes, so we yes. are in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. Who knows when you're listening to this right. listener, but right now we're in the thick of it as we're recording this. And the, the case count worldwide just, just crossed half a million. Right. So that's up from 200,000 last week when we recorded. Right. So it's doubled in a week. Right. Okay. So we're in the storm. Yes. And we are in the boat in the middle of the storm and the winds. It wasn't just a, it wasn't just a little storm. It was a violent tempest yeah. that this, that the disciples were in. Does it feel that way? 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Does it feel that way when you go to the grocery store and the there's no eggs to be found? There's no like all the staples are completely tapped out. You can't get anything like everything that we've grown used to is right. is being kind of upended. Yep. Yep. The markets have crashed. You know, it's a lower like to where they were three years ago. Yeah. Literally, so, I think we feel like them. Save us, Lord. We are perishing. Where are you? <laughs> what? What is? We're gonna die. We're gonna die. And he's asleep. We have those. Moments. Why are you sleeping? <laughs> Why are you sleeping? Because yeah. he's. The creator of the universe, he calms. He is the one that calms the seas. He, the seas obey him. The winds obey his voice. Like he was there at the beginning. Like why are you afraid, oh you of little faith? Like he, he rose and rebuked the winds. He reminded them, and mm. he displayed for them and modeled for them. I am Christ. I am the one that calms the storms. I am in control. They listen to my voice, and so I feel like that. Does that not build your faith to see Jesus just come out and like dominate these waves of just? Yeah. And I hate, I don't want to, Jesus is like this big, you know, he's a not big, a superhero. No. Right? He's God. He's but, God, yeah. which makes it even more realistic and awesome. It just, it, it calibrates us it, a little ca- bit yes. and we say, okay. And the disciples had that exact moment. They, they, their response was another question. They said, what sort of man is this that even the winds and sea obey him? The right. answer is that he's the God man, right. that he's not just a man. He is God, he's God in the flesh. Right. And he is there to prove it to them, and that's that's the path that and they're on. And it's in those moments, which I think is, even if you step back even further, of how God uses fear to build our faith. Is that too bold of a statement to say? God can use fear. <laughs> I think that our, fear our, is, our fear um, given over to God is an avenue by which our faith is built. Okay. So when we actually well choose to terminate our fear on the person of God and say, instead I'm turning away from my fear of man, fear of the world, fear of death, fear of circumstance. And I'm yeah. saying, now I have fear of the Lord instead. Mm. You know, and I have reverence and awe and recognition of who he is as God and me as not God. Right. That is a healthy fear that right. I'm now turning and have fear of the Lord. Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Right. Now God is using that to sanctify and build me up in the right. way, you know, and, and, and it, and you yeah. have to be humble in that. You have to walk the path of humility. You cannot, there cannot be, any pride. I mean, fear, I think, just when you're in straight panic, there's no pride. Like, you are, you're just humble in all aspects, right? You're just, I think of, I don't know of a good example. I mean, I guess maybe giving birth. I'm not going to get TMI, but like, there's a, there's some real fears, I think, for people there, and naturally so. It's a, it's a traumatic, beautiful, amazing thing, but it's also really painful. It's very and painful. Really unpredictable. There's, yes. Yeah. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. Um, but, when it's happening, it's like, I'm not thinking about how I can like fix the situation. I'm, you're just like focused and you're humble and everything is just happening around you. Your body is, is like taking control and you're just humbly like there. And but you see and, the difference though. Like there's a fear that you, there's a sense that you, I don't know. Here's why I'm going to push back a little bit sure. is that yes, I'm not saying in, it's a great example. Fear in that sense is humble, but there's also a great bit of pride still in that moment. If True. you choose not to trust God. Right. Okay. And that's the difference. You can still be like, oh, this is hard. I have to go through a hard thing and it's terrible. I don't want to go through the hard thing, but I'm going to trust, I'm gonna God, trust in it. God in it. And that is the difference. I and think, what does his God, word say? Fear that, fear that points to God and fear that points to, yes. to ourselves. Yes. And God's word says children are a blessing. And uh, you so know, sometimes my, uh, having this kid is not, it's not that, that again, the example kind of starts to break down at some point. Okay. But, I told you it's not a great one. No, no, it's fine. But children are a blessing. And, but also trusting that God is like, he will work all things for the good of those who love him and who right. are called according to his purpose. So if I put my faith in Christ, I'm a Christian. I'm called according to his purpose. 
Therefore, I can trust that he will work all things, even if something tragic happens right. in that moment. And that's what I'm talking about. And maybe we should use a marriage example. Maybe that's a better one of, of one of fear, right? Where, what, what instance do we see fear or do we experience I mean, fear in our marriage? Look around you. I mean, whatever, whatever causes an argument sure. in your marriage is usually some sort of beacon pointing to our neon sign pointing to an area of fear in our hearts. Mm. Right. So you think, uh, we just had an argument about who he's, you know, he, he's not helping around the house or she's not helping around the house, whatever that is. Right. Well, okay. You could just say that's, that's because he's not helping and, and he needs to help. Well, maybe there's a deeper fear there. It says if I, that this will continue or I feel disrespected or I feel like he, he's not I'm afraid pulling his that, weight. Yeah. I'm afraid this is the new normal. I'm afraid that there's injustice happening to me I'm right gonna now. I'm going to drown in this or something. I'm going to yeah. drown in this. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm afraid that he will, he or she won't recognize Sure. this and therefore you know we could be we could be you know pulling at straws but the point i'm trying to make is there's almost always look, look at what's causing anxiety in your life mm -hmm. and that's probably going to be some sort of neon sign to uh, a very practical example of fear at play yeah and something that we can then give to god so turn this back to so we've looked at kind of from the marriage looking outward now let's look within the marriage looking at each other mm. okay so how does fear play into uh, how do we live as people of faith and combat fear as a husband loving my wife or as a wife loving her husband? I mean, we talked about the respect example. We talked about um, intimacy is, yeah, is another intimacy one. Intimacy has a lot of fear around it, I think, because of past experiences potentially. Mm. Um, and that's a very nuanced um we're not trying to gloss over maybe a forgiving forgiveness process needs to happen. Reconciliation needs to happen. If there's, right. if there's some sort of infidelity or a porn addiction or abuse or abuse of the marital spousal privilege of intimacy. Right. Right. So all that stuff is very nuanced, but in general, if we're afraid of experiencing intimacy, not just physical, but emotional, spiritual, mm. uh, intellectual intimacy, <laughs> uh, personal intimacy, physical intimacy, if we're afraid to experience that because of something in our past, uh, maybe there's a way that faith could dispel that fear. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, and so, and I don't want to be too prescriptive. I'm just saying that there's, I think faith is that fear is an enemy of faith in that sense. And there's a faith that is fear. There's a fear that is faith based. And there's a fear that is flesh based. Right. And I think so. that when we say faith, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a whole, like you hear the word faith, there's a lot of connotation probably happening happening in your mind. But I always see, I don't feel like it's a pat answer to say faith because to me it's like, okay, there's the sign. Now I need to I need to work out this journey to get to like this place of faith and not just work it out. I need to I need God to lead me to this path because I'm not seeing. I see point A and point B, but I don't know how to get there. And this is where I need God to like okay. grow my yeah. faith. Show me the way, essentially. There it is. So that's good. Not not to say that like. I just, I don't think that that is a pat answer to, to be honest. I would argue that. And I would argue that like Jesus is a pat answer to like pain, right? Because there's a whole lot connected mm. there. There's a, there's a lot to be said. So anyways, we'll stick here. So faith, it, maybe it's helpful to see faith as maybe the bridge between our reality and kind of the reality that God is, is leading us into. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, if you know that to get to a next, the next kind of breakthrough in your marriage, that it's going to take faith on both your parts, meaning faith in how you love each other, faith in how you trust each other, faith in how you respond to one another. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to do any of those things. You don't want to love that way. You don't want to trust that way. You don't want to respond that way. 
if faith is that bridge, if we say, I'm going to fight this fear, I'm going to walk by the spirit. I'm going to say that if, I'm going to say that God's word is true in terms of love and, and respect mm. and response. Okay. I'm going to step foot onto that bridge. I'm going to trust that that bridge is not going to collapse underneath me and that it's going to lead to where God said it would lead. Mm. That's faith. Right. And there's right. a lot of examples of how that could play out. So, all right, we've talked about the first enemy of faith. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we have two more enemies to cover. Um, and I think we're doing pretty good on time. But uh, the second one is pride. Okay, so... We, which we've covered. We've you covered see it. a lot of overlap. But um, I think it's it's important to look at, at pride in our marriage and, and the mm. role that it plays in combating, like, our faith instead of building our faith, right? If we're... If we are... Um, we need to recognize, I guess, the role of humility uh, within faith. Um, and we see that in Matthew 15, uh, verses 21 through 28. I don't know if we should read it all. I think the I'll last... read it real fast. Okay. I, I think it's good. There's a lot happening here. We're not going to unpack everything, but I want to make sure. the faith of a sure. Canaanite woman. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Just go ahead and talk right over me. I love God's <laughs> word. You know this. Our next episode is going to be on in- interruptions. Huh? Hmm? What are you saying? Okay, so this Can... is... <laughs> <laughs> his head starts spinning people it's really funny okay so especially because you're you're right in my ears with these headphones so i just love that love sounds okay uh matthew 15 verse 21 and jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of tyre and sidon sidon i don't know how to say that and behold a canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. And he answered, I was, only to, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, it, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. So the first thing that you drew out of that, I thought was like super potent for this. There's again, a lot happening. Talk about the Canaanite, like what that means to be a Canaanite woman, what the dog dynamic actually means in Jewish culture and how he was using it to address her as a way of building her faith. There's a lot to be said around that. The disciples response. But the one thing that I think we really want to get out of this for today is her humility. Mm-hmm. So he, she is distraught. You had mentioned a fear that kind of, that kind of strips us of pride. Yeah. Well, she was there. Yeah. She had that fear. It was stripped her of her pride. She is now addressing um, him as Lord, which was like a, an authoritative Lord, not, not like Lord as in the Lord, but Lord as in you are the master. authority, you're a master. Right. And as a, as the Messiah. Of, yeah. Right? Have mercy on God. me. Oh Lord, son of David. Son of David. Yeah. The, the Messiah that she, she knew something of Jewish culture. Right. And so she's stripped of pride and she's saying, help me. She's crying out to him. She knows who she is, culturally speaking, and she knows who he is. Mm, yep. And so she's speaking to, out of humility, she's crying out, right? A mother crying out for her child's health and well-being saying mm. help me have mercy on me and and everybody you know send her away send her away and he's even recognizing like he's trying to again like you said build her faith and say, this is why I he's came. resisting he's building her faith yeah. right and she came and knelt before him saying lord help me again recognizing him as a higher place above her right and she's still saying please like i'm not going to give up i need you i know that you can heal so she's persistent in she's humbly 
approaching him and she's persistent mm. in her asking of him. But it comes from a, a humble, a place of humility and recognizing who she is and who he is. So the way he leads her along is actually quite beautiful there because he says it's not right for someone to throw throw the food that's for the kids and throw it to the dogs. Now, the, the Jews used to call Gentiles dogs and it was a very derogatory thing um, in that society. The word that he uses for dogs here is not that same word. It's more of like a pet. It's not a, it's not a, you're diseased vermin mm -hmm. sort of word. It's a more of a pet term for dog, meaning that it's more, um, it's more endearing than the typical term. And so he's calling her a dog because culturally that's a thing that was happened, but he's doing it. He's, he's, he's leading her along on this faith journey, basically saying like, yes, have more faith. Keep coming. I'm, I'm, I'm soft to you. Keep coming. And so her faith is being str strung along. Okay. And eventually he, he, he knows he's God. He's no, he knows it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. He knows that she's going to have this faith and she does. Mm -hmm. And her faith is built, but then her, her prayer is answered by God himself, which mm -hmm. I think is a beautiful thing. And oftentimes in marriage, that's what happens to us mm -hmm. is that we are saying, God help. My marriage is, is on the brink yeah. help. And he's saying, how can I help you? You've, you've made all these bad decisions. And I'm not saying he's saying that, but just go with me for a second. Okay. <laughs> he's saying, well, you're living in the bed that you made, right? You're sleeping mm -hmm. in the bed that you made, whether that's and I'm not saying, a, please don't, don't read into that. I'm saying that it takes two, right. To make a marriage work or right. not work yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But you're saying, well, God, please help, help. He's, and, and so he's dr drawing us along saying, um, I think he's helping us understand, helping us understand how to trust him in these various areas. If he just swooped in and just made it all good without teaching us the lesson, is he really sanctifying us and loving right. us like a father loves and instructs his children? Right. Right. So again, I don't want to, please don't read into it. I didn't think through that example, but the point I'm trying to make is that sometimes he doesn't fix it right away for the purpose of building our faith. And that's where pride Yes. can sometimes either short circuit that process. We say, you know, I can figure, figure it out on my own. I don't need to trust God's way. I'll trust my own way mm. and I'm going to fix it my way. And as soon as I can't fix it, I'm out. Mm. And pride would lead us down that road. Right. And instead humility says, all right, all right, I'm still going to go to God. I'm still going to trust. Even if I don't see him fix it today, right. I'm still going to go to him tomorrow. I'm still going to go to him today after that. I'm still going to do the things, the actions of love, even though I don't, necessarily understand how it's going to all yeah. play out. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think humility is, is kind of painful sometimes and it might even feel embarrassing in some ways. And I'm not trying to say like, that's not going to come out clear. Hopefully it comes out clear, but like, it's not easy for, for, I, I think pride is one of my, you know, sins that I got to sanctify mm -hmm. me in. <laughs> And it's not easy for me to like come to you, especially when you're heated or you're in the, we're in this moment of fighting and saying, I'm sorry, I'm wrong in this. Um, I need your rec like understanding here. I need your, your help in no understanding the situation mm. better. And I feel like that's what the Canaanite woman was doing. She was coming and saying, Jesus, help me, please. Like I, I, there's no one else here. There's no one else here. And he's like, He's, he's, he's showing more of who he is by the way he speaks to her. And I think that's what you're trying to say is like, he is exposing more of who he is, right? He is, he is labeling himself. Yeah. He is placing more value on himself to, to speak to her and say, you know, did I, the, the bread, what does it say? The crumbs, uh, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dog. So he's not saying, 
he's not i don't think he's necessarily calling her a dog he's trying to illustrate like you said this is who i am i am the bread of life and Mm. are you seeing this like clearly and i think god wants us to see it clearly because we undermine our sin with our pride right we Mm. we we think that it's not as big of a deal when really god's saying i want you to understand this because when you understand this you understand my love and not just when I think there's just a deeper understanding of love, joy, peace, hope. There's more weight in those words. Mm. Yeah. I think the key is that to understand is he's loving her in this moment. Yes. He's not calling yes. her a dog yes. and insulting her. He's loving her and leading her in right. this moment. And many times like he loves and leads us in ways that feel like insults. Yeah. Why are you waiting? Why? Why? How are you disrespecting me in this way? <laughs> why you gotta, so messed up so Tim me. Keller had a quote that I read on Twitter. It says, you don't realize Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. And that's where she's at. Mm. Jesus is all she has. And she's all, he's all she needs Mm. because she's desperate and he's there. And her, her daughter is, is helpless. Right. Help. Anyway, I was thinking, yeah, I think that's where our marriages can be at times. Right. Is that Jesus, you are, you are all we have now. You're all we Mm. have. We need you. So a place of pride. Um, if we're, if we're, if we insist on living in a prideful way, we will never get to that point. Right. If we insist on our own way, our own knowledge, our own sight, if we re- refuse to see through a biblical lens, then we and will, we will never that. submit to the authority yeah. and lordship of Christ in this way. So and good. that is transformational. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we can only say that because, and we're fired up oh about that word. because God has just been so good to do that in our own lives and bring us to those points. Yeah, um, and, he, and He'll lovingly break us. That's the thing. He's love. He breaks us like a like a wild horse. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like <laughs> in that we just want so badly our will and our way, and we have to submit ourselves to His authority. And that is so against our culture. That is so against our individualism, nature, yeah. our postmodernism, the sense that there's no absolutes. And he's saying, yeah, you know what? I am absolute. Mm. So that flies in the face of your worldview. I am the authority. You are not. I have the power. You have none. Like, are we willing to admit mm. that and put ourselves at his mercy? Trusting and trust that there is, that he is good. life in the spirit. There is yeah. peace to be had. There's hope. There's deep joy. I, I want to so, say one more thing. Okay. I, I've been reading through Job. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's intense. intense, people. Good time um, to be reading I'm it. I'm halfway through it right now. And... Um, I read through it last year. Oh, you're so you're so great. You're so far <laughs> ahead of the curve. I know. I listened to it. It's it's really good to listen. Not the to same. It. <laughs> I'm reading it. I read it. I've read it, and I've listened to oh, it. Whoa. Reading it, I felt like brought some more depth. So, mm, hmm. so. <laughs> anyway, the whole, the theme of the book is is asking this question: Is can God still be trusted in mm. the middle of our pain? Can we still trust God when it's fear, hard? Right? Can we still trust God when uh, when uh. everything is stripped away? Is he still good? Is he still trustworthy? Oh. And that's the, that's pride will keep us from getting to that place. Um, and the answer is yes. He's still mm. trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Even when we can't see it, he's still good. Jesus is still King. Mm. And that's something you can hang your hat on at the end of the day. That's <laughs> um, right. That's all right. right. All right. So we have a third enemy of, of faith in marriage and these all, again, they overlap. So there's kind of lead to each other. They lead to each other. And the third one is self-sufficiency. Right. Um, 
and it, again, it goes right back to the pride, meaning that if I think that I'm the authority, I think that I am the source of my own happiness, right. I'm the source of my own provision, I'm the source of my own hope, uh, then that will be an enemy of faith. Right. Which it doesn't look like that, right? In our own hearts and minds, we're not sitting here being like, well, I'm in charge. Um, it's more subtle than that. You know, if it's going to be, it's up to me or those kinds of things. And it's just like, it's not all about you, you know? And <laughs> there's so, it, an- another quote. Okay, okay. Is that we don't pray because we don't think we need God. And the, the root of that is absolutely true mm-hmm. in terms of self-sufficiency is like, look at your prayer life. Hmm. <laughs> I'm being convicted as I'm talking. As it, <laughs> just that silence. <laughs> just got real awkward in here. There's only two people. Nowhere to hide. Um, look and at your I prayer life. I that conviction too. Yep. Are, are you praying? Are you praying for your marriage? Yeah. Are you praying for your spouse? Are you praying for your kids? If you're not praying, you're probably being self-sufficient. Yeah. Ryan, if you're not praying, you're being self-sufficient. <laughs> Selena, if you're praying in a way that is not without anger and pride, you're probably not praying the right prayers, right? So I sit here and pray, God, why won't they just understand that this is the right way to go? And clearly I know the way. Bring them to my side. Give them sight, Lord, right? It's not, it's no, mm. it's Lord, help my heart to not be so prideful. Help soften my heart. And May God. May I not be angry in moments that I am not supposed to be angry in. And God, please intervene. Yes. Yes. Please work. Please change hearts. Yes. Please make this storm go away. Please heal my daughter. Please heal my spouse. Mm. Please rid our lives of this pestilence that is this addiction or this dysfunction or this pride, whatever it is. I need you. Therefore I'm praying. So self-sufficiency doesn't do that. Right. Self-sufficiency says I need to go on, um, psychology today.com and look up (laughs) five ways to convince your spouse they're wrong. Right. (laughs) Or I need to, whatever the self-help thing is, right. (laughs) Self-help. It's like, it, it's, it's oxymoronic yeah. in terms of a biblical worldview. We can't help ourselves. Right. I mean, yes, you can be practical. You can be wise. That, in a There's sense, is self-help. Tools for building. Okay, yes. okay. Those but, are called spiritual disciplines. No. <laughs> okay, just just rebrand them. Um, it's it's wisdom. True. It's called it's wisdom. True. It's called yes. discernment. It's called di- yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, the point is, is that we, if we don't pray, or if we don't, if we think that we are the ones that will enact change, I mean, Paul Tripp, freaking genius. I mean, maybe not genius, but just just such a, a pioneer in this in our modern age for parenting and marriage. Um, sits on the shoulders of many great men, but one of the things he talks about is very clearly is like stop trying to change your spouse. Like, mm. You cannot change your spouse. You can't. And but us trying to change each other is a form of pride, a form of self sufficiency, and and it flies in the face of faith. Mm. So See, that that could be argued like. Well, I'm having faith that my spouse is going to change. So I'm just going to, you know, like there's a, that's very clear what you said, I feel like, because sometimes we misuse the word faith and we miss, we don't understand it in terms of Mm -hmm. faith requires humility, not faith of like Mm. pride and like, I'm going to change them by faith. They're going to be changed. Right. That's an interesting distinction. It's like a name it and claim it kind of thing. Well, like I'm going to act because I know this is the right way. I'm (laughs) acting in faith. And we're saying like, what if you did nothing? Yeah. What if you what if you prayed instead mm-hmm. of whatever you're thinking to do? Um, <laughs> yeah. Disarm yourself. What if I mean? Yeah. What if you acted in love? Yeah. And prayed instead of acting in love, trusting that your actions in love were the Just thing that's going to change. Say what needs to be said, right? <laughs> you love that. Speaking the truth. <laughs> in love, people. In love. Um, 
anyway, I think you get, you get what we're saying there. It's just that self-sufficiency is saying to God, like, I got this. Just step, step back. Like, I got this. <laughs> and that's, that's obviously and it's always not that it. obvious, but we do it yeah. very subtly. And I think that's what, that's where we need, we need the Holy Spirit, right? We Again, need... the litmus test is just look at your prayer life and yeah. look at how you're relying on God in that way. And I'm convicted in saying that. So don't feel like I'm pointing yes. my finger at you. I'm pointing the finger at myself. Um, <laughs> so just yeah. to recap, I think the three enemies of faith that we've been talking about, um, fear, so being reactive, momentary, kind of blinding and shifting our focus away from God. Um, and fear often is rooted in uh, a pride that we have some sense of control that we are um, and when we're really not. And the way to combat the pride, obviously, is is recognizing who Jesus is and humbly approaching the throne, humbly knowing who we are, right, and knowing who he is. Um, humility plays a humongous role in that. Uh, and then self-sufficiency. Yeah. And that's, again, the, the, we just finished talking about it. So I'll recap, but look at your prayer life, see how that um, kind of is an indicator of, of yeah. whether or not you're feeling or acting in a self-sufficient way. Right. Okay. So here's our big challenge. And this is a big one, but it's fairly simple. Yeah. It's ask yourself, how do I love or how can I love my spouse by faith? Hmm. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> so let it sink in. <laughs> How can I love my spouse by faith and think of whatever that pain point is? Mm. How can you serve him or her in light of that pain, in light of who Christ is, despite of the pain point, despite the pain point? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And how can you enact and live in faith in light of mm. not only who Christ is, but who, uh, what he says love is and what he embodies love right. to be, right. but also what God says about covenant. Mm. And so when we live and build our life on those rocks, on those pillars of who, of what God said about marriage, then we are living literally by faith mm. and we're acting in a way that trusts those things beyond our own vision. We trust the bedrock of God's word, trust the bedrock of uh, the person of Christ. That's, that's something to build a life on. So in light of that, how do you love your spouse by faith? Um, Again, I, I, I want to paint this picture of faith being an ongoing thing. It's not a reactive thing, right? It's foundational. We're living in the light. We're having fellowship with the light. We're walking in the spirit daily. We're in God's word together. We're spending time worshiping together. We're recognizing, you know, these habits, these spiritual disciplines, they're, they're faith building, right? We're having, we're creating margin around engaging with God and knowing him through his word, through worship, through uh, even our own marriage and our covenant together, we can we can see aspects of God and His image um, mm. in that. So having margin to be able to be intentional with each other, I think is is that's been a big one for at least my mental space and my heart space. Right? If I don't have the margin, then I'm not going to be intentional. It's very reactionary, and it's, well, you know, can, can be fear fear driven and fear based. And margin is very much an act of faith in a lot of ways. It just is. actually building in the margin in your life, trusting that. And not every moment has to be filled because God, because he's enough. Is enough. Yes. Like, you. because you don't have to squeeze everything out of this life because this is not your primary existence. Right. That's the thing. And do you actually, do we actually believe that. Like we have such a fear of missing out, right? Yeah. FOMO and YOLO. <laughs> Those terms are so 2018, right? <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is that that's, we're still swimming in that water. Yeah. 
it takes faith to build margin in your life mm. to deal with this stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Um, to say, I don't have to have that nice car because it's going to extend us over, overextend us financially, or it's going to be an unwise decision or that house or whatever that thing is. Or I don't sure. have to be at church this often because you know what? God loves me, even though, you know, I don't volunteer at church for 30 hours a week or I don't have to, whatever that thing is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so we're big fans of margin. We're big proponents of margin. I'd even say we're margin evangelists because we feel like <laughs> society is always rushing us along and we're yeah. saying, no, no, no. We're called to live slowly, intentionally. Growth takes time. Right. Gr- and good things happen over time. Right. And we only have so much time, so protect it relentlessly. Well, and I don't and think a lot it, of times protecting your time, sorry, sorry it ahead. means protecting also your finances, protecting also your commitments, protecting also your energy levels, all those things, because they will all eventually lead back to the one well that is your time. Right, right. And I think, I think um, protecting goes under the umbrella of stewardship and being wise in those areas. Uh, yeah. So, no, that's great. I think that's awesome. And do you want to close this in prayer? No, I think you should. Okay. God, thank you that you are trustworthy. God, thank you for allowing us to grow in our faith. God, to experience fear, to be able to understand faith, to experience pride in order to uh, learn to walk humbly, God, and to uh, you lead us and you humbly bring us back to you in our own self-sufficiency, Lord. You constantly are so good and loving to to readjust our eyes back to you and our hearts. God, I pray for the marriages that are dealing with faithlessness and that are feeling challenged in understanding your purpose, maybe in this season of their marriage. God, I pray that their faith would be bolstered and built uh, in in a time of, of unknowns, in a time of uh, where fear could really take root. God, I pray that faith would be rooted even deeper and grow yeah. even greater in their marriage. In your name, amen. Amen. I love you so much. You're awesome. Oh, yes, I am. Thank you. Talking to you. I love you. I was like, you just say that out in the ether. Okay. (laughs) No, I'm definitely pointing it at you. Yes. Freddie. All right. Anyway, listeners, we love you too. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And it means a lot. We are just honored to be able to do what we do. Yeah. And honestly, it just feels like we're living a dream, uh, being able to just talk about Jesus and do it together and talk to other couples. I am so eager to see, eager, excited, not anxious, but eager and excited to see what God does in the next 20 to 30 years because of seeds that are being planted today Mm -hmm. by our listeners in their own lives, by reading God's word, by investing God, um, what is it, biblical seeds into Mm -hmm. their their marriage, into their kids, all that kind of stuff. So, man, I just can't wait to see that. God willing, I live that long. We'll see. (laughs) Anyway. This episode's been fun, and it. this episode is... <laughs> In the can. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> Don't judge me, all right? I got. I went off on a tangent, and then I lost my train of thought. <laughs> all right. It's right, in the can. Sometimes you just start, you're like Michael Scott, just... Sometimes I just start a sentence and I just... <laughs> just don't know where it's going to go. I don't know where it's going to end up. keep talking. <laughs> keep talking and talking. Don't let anyone. <laughs> ever. Any, ever. For any reason. Whatsoever. <laughs> anyway, any circumstance. ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you in, uh, in about seven days. And until next time, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit fiercemarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Mm-hmm.